Hello, and welcome to the second episode of Eccentric and Extinct, a podcast about the oddities in the past, present, and future. Before we get into this week's episode, I did have a couple minor corrections and uh, minor updates that I wanted to talk about. The correction would be, I was able to go to my family home this weekend, and I did find some old photos from the trip to Jamaica, which you guys can see those uh on our Instagram and our Facebook at eccentric.extinct. And from looking at those, I noticed that we didn't stay at a Marriott hotel. We actually stayed at a Wyndham hotel. And the hotel is actually called Wyndham Rose Hall Resort. So definitely was wrong on that point. That was the only thing I have kind of to correct. So now we'll just kind of move into the update. I'm going to be trying different formats for this podcast I do do this alone. I am okay talking to myself most of the time. I either do this scripted, which I did the first episode, which I kind of felt was a little too robotic and not as much of me or my personality, or I will do this more like this where it's more improvised. Um, You're going to hear ums, you're going to hear us. (laughs) I will do the best not to do that and to clip those out. But I wanted to be more personable and more myself. So kind of if you guys are willing to give me feedback on that, that's great. Uh, You can reach out. You can write a comment. Other than that, everything else is going smoothly. We are regularly updating our social media if you guys want to be a part of that. If you guys have any stories you are interested in me possibly covering in the future, please email me. Uh, I also do have a website where you guys can find all of our information on. Both the podcast is on there as well as where you can listen to the podcast, any additional source notes. Um, basically, our Instagram feed's on there, so you basically can find anything you need. Other than that, that's the only announcements I had for this week's podcast, so let's just get into it. Episode two is called What's in a Name? And I gave you guys clues of fish, flowers, some hands with a moon in the middle. So of course, what does that all mean? The moon can be seen in the sky for three weeks out of four in a month. And for thousands of years, people have used its light to guide them. But today we're not going to talk about the history of the moon or the science of the moon. I mean, we'll talk a little bit about science, but not like a whole bunch. But we're actually going to be talking about different moon names and why we have them, where they came from. And we'll also talk about what they mean. So let's let's start off with some of April's moons. You've got Awakening Moon, Big Spring Moon, Big Summer Moon, Egg Moon, Fish Moon, Flower Moon, Pink Moon, Black Oak Tassel Moon, Broken Snowshoe Moon, Budding Time Moon, Daisy Moon, Leaf Split Moon, Maple Moon, Moon of Windbreak, Planting Corn Moon, Sprouting Grass Moon, and Wildcat Moon. Now those are just a few of April's moons. To me, like when I researched that or I re- was reading that, I was like, whoa, why are there so many moons? Of course, I know the basic ones that are kind of talked about a lot. You've got the Blood Moon, you've got the Harvest Moon. But there's also some like really well in-depth ones that aren't really pertaining to the appearance of the moon or even 
the timing. So we're going to kind of go through some of those. But let's start with the definition of a full moon. Basically, the moon is a sphere that travels once around the Earth every 27.3 days. Uh, the moon also will rotate on its axis 27 days. So we actually see the same face of the moon each time we see a full moon. While the moon is rotating, the sun is illuminating Earth. And what we see of the moon is just the reflection of the sunlight. Of course, also for full moons, they only occur every 29.5 days. But every once in a while, we may have two in one month. And of course, that term is called a blue moon, which that is a full moon. That is referring to any second full moon in the month, or it can also be a seasonal blue moon. And that's when you get a third or fourth like full moon in a season. So another type of a moon is called a super moon. And those are when you see the moon super bright and it's large in appearance. Uh, it's because it's, it's closer to the earth and it actually will cause higher tides in the ocean. And then you have the micro moon, which is very small and dull because the moon is at its farthest distance from earth in its orbit. And then you also have a blood moon and that is when a full moon occurs during a total lunar eclipse. The earth will pass in between the sun and the moon, and the earth will block the sun's light from falling directly on the moon, causing the appearance of the moon to change to be like radiate a red and orange hue. Then you also have a moon called the harvest moon, and this is a full moon that is closest to the autumnal equinox. It occurs usually in September, but can also happen in October. All of this will also be different per your hemisphere. So, of course, a southern hemisphere might have a harvest moon in March, whereas, you know, if you're in the northern hemisphere, you have that generally in September and October. It's also stated for 2019, we are expected to have one full moon per each month. So, sure, that is what a full moon is and the science slash not science of it all. But how do we go from a blood moon to a sturgeon moon or a strawberry moon? Historically, a variety of cultures throughout the time that humans have graced the Earth have given traditional names for full moons. A very common one is Native Americans. Uh, early records kind of show that Native Americans did not record time by using months of the Julian or Gregorian calendar. Instead, they kept track of time by observing the seasons and lunar months, or a month measured between successive new moons. Some tribes measured the years by four seasons, starting with spring or fall. Others counted by five seasons. Then you had tribes that defined the year by 12 moons, and others by 13 moons. And even then, like, there's plenty of other tribes that have a totally different other pattern. One of the sources that you can find on my website is a guy that he does a lot of research on Native Americans, and he has a page that just shows the information that he's been able to gather of different tribes and he breaks down like how they set up their moons and their seasons and you'll see that it's completely different. It's based on where they live, what they experience and what they need to record to survive. There, You'll also notice that a lot of these ended up being adopted by colonial Americans and they would even apply these full moon names to their own calendar system which was primarily the Julian calendar. This was also later adapted to the Gregorian calendar, which North America uses today. 
That's kind of why when you get a calendar, you'll notice that some of them will label the full moon as these specific named moons. So now let's talk about what those specific named moons are and the ones you can also find in the almanac. So let's start basing it on the 2019 full moon schedule. So of course, on January 21st, you had the first full moon, which was called the full wolf moon. And it was given that name because in January, snow gathers deep in the woods and the howling of wolves can be heard echoing in the cold still air. So of course, some of these tribes called it that because they would come up to the border of these tribe homelands. Some tribes also called this moon the snow moon, but most often it was used for the next month, which of course is February. So on February 19th, we had what was called the snow moon. Snow piles even higher in February, giving this moon its most common name. Among tribes that used this name for the January moon, the February moon was also called the hunger moon due to the challenging conditions for hunting due to the snow and other things. Then on March 20th, you have what's called the worm moon. Snow slowly begins to melt, the ground softens, and earthworms show their heads again, and their castings or fecal matter can be found, which is kind of really gross. (laughs) Other signs of spring give rise to other variations. Of course, you have what's called the crow moon due to the crows uh, coming back. You've got formations of crusts on the snow from repeated thawing and uh, freezing, which would give you the crust moon. And the time for tapping maple trees would give you the sap moon. Christian settlers also called this the Lenten moon. I think I'm pronouncing that right. And considered it the last moon of winter. Then on April 19th, which is coming up, we have what's called the pink moon. Flowers began to appear and included the widespread grass pink or what's called the wild ground florx. Florix? Florax? P-H-L-O-X. Probably pronouncing that wrong. Other variations indicate more signs of full spring, and those would uh, be named as sprouting grass moon, egg moon, and fish moon, which were common among coastal tribes. Then on May 18th, you have the flower moon. Flowers, of course, come into full bloom, and corn is ready to plant. Um, This would also give this another name, which is corn planting moon, and then also you have what's another one called the milk moon. Then on June 17th, you have the strawberry moon, which is the best in my opinion. (laughs) But that is basically signifying that this is the best time for you to pick your strawberries. Then on July 16th, you have the full buck moon. And this month is when the new antlers of buck deer push out from their forehead in coatings of velvety fur. Uh, The moon was also called the full thunder moon because of thunderstorms being coming more frequent, which is the best. I love thunderstorms so much. Next, on September 14th, we have the harvest moon. Of course, many of the Native American tribes, there are staple foods such as corn, pumpkins, squash, beans, and rice. They are basically ready for gathering at this time. The strong light of the harvest moon also will allow European farmers to work late into the night to harvest their crops. The harvest moon does not always occur in September, though. Traditionally, the name goes to the full moon closest to the autumn equinox, which falls during October once or twice a decade. Uh, Also, sometimes the September full moon is just called the corn moon. And then on October 13th, you have what's called the full hunter's moon. With the leaves falling and the deer fattening, it's now time to, of course, hunt. 
Since the fields have been harvested, hunters can uh, ride through the fields without worry. They can easily see foxes as well as other animals as they're hunting, um, which can be, of course, caught and brought for Thanksgiving banquet. Next on November 12th, we have the full beaver moon. And at this point in the year, it's time to set beaver traps before the swamps freeze to ensure a supply of warm winter furs. Another interpretation suggests that the name Beaver Full Moon comes from the fact that the beavers are now active in their preparation for winter. So, of course, they're building those dams and being super cute. Uh, It can also be called the Frosty Moon. And the last full moon is on December 12th, and it's called the Full Cold Moon. On occasion, this moon was also called the Moon Before Yule. December is also the month the winter cold fastens its grip. Sometimes this moon can also be referred to as full long night's moon, which is an appropriate name because the nights are now indeed long and the moon is above the horizon a longer time. So of course these cover the Native American, or at least a small group of the Native American tribe full moons, but you also have other cultures such as Chinese, Celtic, and Neo-Pagan that have their own specific names for each month as well. So of course, like for the Chinese in like January, you have like holiday moon, you've got budding moon. Um, In July, you have one called hungry ghost moon. So of course that name sparked my interest and I went to go like try to figure out more information on it. And basically it's a Chinese tradition that's kind of like uh, a feast of sorts. And it's basically a time when spirits can move freely from this world into the other world or the eternal world. And so the Chinese believed that some spirits would return to where they were happiest. So of course, it became a time when you might see or feel the presence of your ancestors. But also, it's a time when mischievous spirits, of course, would make trouble and people become more susceptible to bad energy as well. Then for the Celtic culture, you have moons like the Quiet Moon, Moon of Ice, Moon of Winds, Bright Moon, Moon of Claiming, Dispute Moon, Singing Moon, Dark Moon, Dark, dark Moon, <laughs> and many others. Then, of course, for Neo-Pagan, you have Ice Moon, Snow Moon, Death Moon, Awakening Moon, Planting Moon, Rose Moon, Lightning Moon, Blood Moon, Tree Moon and so many others. Now, of course, these are just based on information that I did find. I also did find like a lot of people stating that it's kind of impossible to have a full list of all folk names or culture names that people have associated with the full moon. And there are even other cultures that have I did barely even touched on. Like I also know that there are quite a bit of information on Indian calendar for the full moon. And I even know that there is a moon calendar that is based on cats, um, which I think is enormously fascinating. Obviously, I am a huge lover of cats. It's also speculated that the full moon gives you magical properties. The full moon is the end of the moon's 28-day cycle. As with all endings, it's a time to release and to move on. It's said that it's the best time to quit bad habits or to help you release negative situations and people. It's also stated to be a good time to um, increase your intuitive awareness, healing magic, um, to have rituals that's related to your deities or deities. 
Um, and it's also a good time to develop your magical skills. It's also a big time that many people will charge crystals during the full moon, and they will do that by placing them somewhere that will be exposed to light. Of course, this kind of goes hand in hand with the speculation that the full moon brings out this high energy and extra intensity. And I'm hoping in the future podcast I can talk about actual legend and lore behind what a full moon does to humans, because it also relates to a pretty well-known serial killer, which I think would be a fascinating episode. So yeah, it's, it's crazy to me how one little light in the sky has all of this different meaning and different significance to a variety of different people and different cultures, and how we kind of have adapted that throughout time. Each full moon is calculated to occur at an exact moment, and it's crazy to me how we've carried this tradition on and on throughout these cultures, even though things have changed and like, I don't go out and harvest anymore, but it still becomes such a large part of our lives. And it's all because of a reflection of sunlight. That is it for this week's topic. Uh, It was definitely a little bit different than the previous topic. Uh, And just FYI, this podcast is definitely going to be different. Some days I'll talk about true crime. Some days I'll talk about ghosts. Some days I'll talk about science, astronomy, alien sightings, all that kind of stuff, because I find that to all be very fascinating. So everyone gets kind of a little bit of mixture of a little bit of everything on this podcast. If you did enjoy this week's topic, please leave a comment wherever you're listening to this podcast. I currently have it up right now on Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play. I'm working on the Apple podcast. Kind of been a little bit of a mess, but I'm trying. If you are enjoying it or have, leave a comment if you have constructive feedback as it helps me kind of develop this podcast. Uh, You can also follow the podcast Instagram and Facebook at eccentric.extinct for some unique artwork, clues on future episodes, any additional news that I have, uh, guests that I possibly will have in the future. And I'm also hoping to pull comments from them and kind of give you guys like an eccentric of the week. Thanks again for joining me with this week's topic. And I will see you next week for another eccentric and extinct story. I bid veil.